Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And there's always something interesting <laughs> that's going on, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, we are now kind of hitting the fact that I'm going to have to take out my winter woolies. <gasps> I've already started wearing socks at night. <laughs> well, that coming from Carrie Sorry. Goodwin has to be something entirely wonderful because um, I've always got my socks out at night. Uh, no. <laughs> at least the sunglasses are coming off um, at night, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. No, that, uh, we're talking absolute nonsense. No, but it is true. I do know mm. when you can always tell when winter has actually seriously arrived yeah. because I get out the winter woolies and I'm actually wearing long sleeves. And it's so weird in Johannesburg because it just suddenly goes from being summer three days of autumn and into winter. Exactly. And even the trees this year, I find they haven't, they all of a sudden just went yellow. They haven't had that lovely transition through the reds. And when I was looking in the um, Delta Park, one week they were still absolutely green and um, especially the Celtus. And then all of a sudden they've just gone that, yeah, not even a nice yellow, golden yellow. They've missed it completely. And they're just dropping their leaves. It's yep. a bit sad. Yeah, trees have lost the plot, just like us, I suppose. <laughs> so for yeah. those of you who are wondering, of course, Carrie is from Life as a Garden, uh, which is the public relations arm of all things green and good here in South Africa. So we're going to be talking about what Life as a Garden is telling you to do over these couple of months, especially. Yeah. Yes. So what we're looking at now is, even though you said only three days of autumn, how to extend your autumn garden. Because... I want to say gardening in autumn is one of the best things to do. It's a real time to reevaluate your garden. And some people think that there's a lack of color or going into winter, you know, you're going to start going indoors and your garden becomes a place that's cold. You cover everything with frost cover. And it shouldn't be like that at all because they are the most gorgeous colors, warm, heartwarming colors in your garden that you should be looking for now. So I'm quite excited to discuss what plants you can find and where you're going to find them in your garden. Well, I have a lot of people coming in at the moment and saying, oh, I need to get all my winter annuals. And I'm sitting and thinking it's still a little bit warm to be putting those in, especially when they're coming in looking for bulbs. And I just say, no, sorry, that you can't have them until it's cold <laughs> enough. Yeah. Because you know what happens. People will go and buy the bulbs and put them in the ground now. Yeah. And we're still having rain and it's not cold it. enough. So, you know, there's no point in actually putting those things in because you won't get a good display come spring. Yeah. But um, I go into the garden centers and I just look and there's just so much color available oh, at the moment beautiful. still. I'm sorry with the bulbs though. I think there's actually a move to plant bulbs again. A lot of people moved away from it. I'm not sure if it was maybe too expensive or too much hard work or they weren't getting the rewards. Mm. But it seems over the last two years that the number of bulbs that we're selling are definitely increasing. And I think it's almost teaching people patience because I know I get frustrated when I plant the bulb and I think, okay, well, you know, you're not going to come up in six weeks, maybe two months, you know, working on the three months, like you say, in spring. It seems a very long time to wait. But when it does come up, I've almost forgotten that I planted it in the first place. And then the reward is like double or triple whatever I would have expected. Mm. So I do think people should give bulbs a chance if you haven't planted them before because they are really, really rewarding. Mm. And also as cut flowers, a lot of people are now moving towards cut flower gardens. And so, you know, have a look in your garden. Is there a space where you can plant some of the bulbs? You know, we haven't got the daffodils in stock yet, but they should be coming soon. But we have got some of the other ones, but as you said, rather wait, but then just enjoy choosing which ones you're going to put where and where, you know, how they're going to grow. Because 
there. Oh, you can even plant the hyacinths in a vase in your yes, house. exactly. And that's going to add beautiful, beautiful fragrance in a few months' time. So you, you can't plant your tulips until June. That's all I know. Oh, definitely not. No, no. please. People yeah. are wanting to buy tulips now and put them in the gardens. I'm like, oh, you're completely mad. You know that you're <laughs> going to be wasting your money. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what's interesting with the tulips and actually even the hyacinths is we as garden centers are already selling them in full flower. We can buy them and, yes. you know, so it's it's a beautiful plant. And I feel we're almost deceiving the customers by saying, look, here's a tulip. We're tempting you. And then you do want to go and buy the bulbs. And we're like, no, no, you can't get them yet. Just be patient. <laughs> so it's a, it's a teaser. And the garden centers aren't normally teasers like that. But I think this is what we're learning. <laughs> but I think that people should become a bit more attuned to the seasons as well. Because, mm. I mean, we've all gotten, as you said, so used to having everything now. We want it now. Everything's yeah. instant. If your Wi-Fi is slow... Trust me, on Facebook, you're going to know about it in two seconds flat from absolutely everybody. Whereas gardening is something that takes time. That's the Mm. fourth dimension. You have to keep on remembering that and giving everything. that. I love that anticipation of waiting for things to come Mm. through. I judge my year by what is flowering in my garden at the time. So I think, oh, those are coming through. Great. That means that the sun is back on its way again. Yes. And that's exactly what it should be. I mean, I know we planted our Namaquiland daisy seeds just before it started raining. And I'm so excited. And I said, we're going to do succession planting. So we planted half the bag Mm. and now we're going to plant the other in a month's time. So we'll have beautiful Namaquiland daisies on our pavement for at least two to three months towards the end of um, winter going into spring. And so, as you said, is that anticipation of what's going to come out and how beautiful it can be. But then when we look at you can get the instant. So the instant would be like the Nandinas. You know, there's a new one that's out called Obsession, mm. which is a lovely one. And um, it's got a slightly more purple color than the red that we used to. Um, but any of the Nandinas, they really have gone from that green of the spring. Then they've transitioned into the yellow. And now as it gets colder and colder, their colors go more red or more purple. And they're really rewarding to have in your garden. A lot of people are using the little pygmy as a hedge. Mm. Or you get the tall, you know, the proper sacred bamboo which people are using also as a hedge to block out their neighbors or (laughs) something like that which sometimes freaks me out that we instead of talking to our neighbors we use plants but rather use plants than a wall to block them out um but there's so many of the different varieties and they're a really versatile plant and Mm. again they're also one that's really difficult to kill um i was giving a talk the other day and I was telling the people about Hebe. I never used to appreciate Hebe. Me neither. Again, Hebe-jeebies, yeah. <laughs> and one of my friends who I would never even considered a gardener came in and said she would like Hebe. I was like, what? Why do you want that plant? She says it's the best birthday present ever because you give it to somebody, it has got actually beautiful blossoms mm. and it's very, very difficult to kill. It doesn't get disease. You know, they could make a mistake and plant it in the sun or the shade and it still always looks good. And I thought, oh, I have new respect for Hebe. But similarly with the Nandina, you know, there's very little that you could actually do to kill it. And so it's a really nice, even as a starter plant, just to get people into gardening, to realize the seasons that you spoke of earlier, Mm. because they'll be able to see that in the plant and enjoy it color changes that it goes through. Okay, but just make, uh, make sure the person you're giving it to, of course, is not one of those people who even manages to kill an air plant, <laughs> <laughs> which I have seen happen all too often. <laughs> but I would, <laughs> you I say I'm going to put my foot in it because <laughs> I think in Joburg, it's quite easy to kill an air plant. We don't have the humidity of the nail sprays and the Natels and 
I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I want to put up my hand and say, I'm one of those people <laughs> that have killed an air plant, sadly. <laughs> but you don't like vegetables. You would kill all vegetables if you could. <gasps> You'll be so impressed. You know, I think last month or the month before, we spoke about all the leafy greens yes. that you plant at this time of the year for the vegetables. And I decided to put some in my window box. And so every time I look in my kitchen and I look outside, there are my leafy greens. And they're looking amazing. And then the one day I went to go and pick some. And the birds had got to them a little bit before me. I was like, no, do you not realize what a momentous occasion this is that I'm actually eating the leaves from my garden? And I had to share them with the birds. But it's still, it is an amazing feeling to be able to eat something that you've grown. Absolutely. I mm. couldn't agree more. But going back to the colors again as well, I mean, I know um, this is also the t- kind of the time of the year when all your pinocs have gone red as well. And I'm just hoping that we don't lose a lot more Pinocchio in Johannesburg <laughs> with this horrible shot hole borer. So, we, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we went um, for a talk recently on the shot hole borer and it was by the University of Pretoria. Mm. And um, what was really wonderful to see is they've established a team of researchers. And unfortunately, research does take time. But to really investigate what it's doing to our country, which trees are most susceptible which pesticides we might or might not be able to use. So it is, um, it's, it's lovely to see that something is being done. I know it's as, 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 and again, it comes to wanting the satisfaction or to be able to fix it straight away. Mm. And, you know, it's not something we can just take a panada for type of, but that, that people are starting to form. At the moment, all they're doing is trying to create awareness, but there's a lot of research and a lot of people who are putting a lot of effort into figuring out how we can best combat it. And when you think about it, how it's been in, it's only in three countries that it's, um, they're actually doing research into it, ourselves, Israel, and California. California, yeah, because of course it went and hit all the citrus in both of those other countries as well. Yeah, and what we couldn't understand is in America is actually how um, it's only in California, Mm. you know, and then one person said it's really because of the strictness in terms of firewood. So I think that's something to just make people aware of is when you're buying firewood this season for winter to, you know, your brise and everything, please just be careful where you buy it from and the movement of it. Um, because that seems to be in the wintertime, that's how the bug gets, well, the shot hole borer gets spread. So otherwise it's going to almost be hibernating in our trees mm. and not as active as it is normally. But um, the firewood is going to be a bit of a problem. Yeah, I saw that coming up on Facebook with everybody saying, please just don't buy your firewood from the side of the road anymore, essentially, because they're not quite yeah. sure where that wood is coming from. Yeah. yeah. And you wonder, where would you buy firewood then otherwise? Garages. <laughs> Garages have always got it. So if, like your, your hardware stores have usually oh, got firewood. Okay. There's lots of places that you can buy it where it's ethical, okay? Okay. So, okay. yeah, that's <laughs> something to just be aware of at this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Not that I, I like making fire because I think Johannesburg's smoggy enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, no heaters are... Well, actually, I just like blankets. Blankets and socks. <laughs> Less electricity we use, the better. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I, I have um, piped gas, so I'm very, very happy about that. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, but it's still a non-renewable resource, which is why we should actually be getting out into our gardens a lot more here in Johannesburg, seeing as we have such fantastic winters. <gasps> yes. Utilizing the sun's power to warm ourselves instead of huddling inside around a fire. Yeah. Anyway, so we're talking about colorful stuff. Um, what, what are they suggesting for people to put in that is colorful for the garden, just for this it's, little interim period? So the other most amazing things are aloes at this time of the year. And there's definitely renewed energy because they're water-wise. You know, they have that 
very good structural look of an, an aloe. So even when it's not flowering, but all of them now are coming into flower. And, um, you know, the peri-peri has probably been flowering for about a month already. Mm. And then I see the new one, which is called Sunrise. Is looking much better than any sunrise I wake up to in the mornings because <laughs> the skies are pink and there's, they've lost that golden luster of summer. Um, so rather put a sunrise aloe in your garden instead. It is absolutely gorgeous. And the birds will love it, of course. Yes, and that's what we were talking to our team about this morning is all the sunbirds. So uh, we actually were talking about the Leonothus leonora, the wild dacha. Yes. And how beautiful they are looking at the moment as well. So this time of the year, you know, you've got those warm oranges. So the aloes, but then you also get the aloes that have got a more pale color, the green ones. I want to say green in inverted commas. Um, and then also the striata where their leaves have got like speckles in it. Yes. And I think what's also very important is actually to try and look for um, hybridized aloes because those are so, far more suitable to the garden environment. Mm. They can take the cold a lot better than your traditional ones, which you might find in Mpumalanga and Limpopo. And again, it becomes an ethical thing. You know, the hybridized ones are grown from seed. There's um, research that's gone into them. And you know where they're coming from rather than some people. When you, you know, there are a lot of people who can buy aloes on the side of the road as well. And please just be careful of that because you don't know where they're coming from. Exactly. And They've they could be coming from Illegally the harvested, yeah. So yes. we don't want to be destroying what should be out in the field. I've always found that the, the, the Eastern Cape aloes have always been... Amazing. I mean, I'm spending so much time in Queenstown and going and walking up on Long Hill during hiking club, freezing cold mornings. <laughs> I mean, the whole area uh, is just completely covered in aloes and it's a wonderful sight to behold in wintertime. Yeah. Oh, no, I think being able to see aloes either in the wild or even in your own garden. But I know even when we go up to Hootsbreit and that type of thing in the wintertime and when you do see them, that gorgeous red mm. of the aloes on the, the mountains up there Wow, it it's is heartwarming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, create that in your garden, whether it's in a pot. Mm. And I think that's what's wonderful about aloes as well, is that they could be planted anywhere, as long as you have a full sun place. So don't plant them anywhere in the shade. Mm. Um, but if they've got full sun, nice sandy soil, you know, they're pretty low maintenance. They're very low maintenance. Um, Mine don't get anything done to them except a bit chopped off and going stuck in another piece of the ground somewhere else. You see, so that's another yeah. advantage of gardening is they're very good for sharing plants. Yes. <laughs> so but the one thing you need to watch out, and people have been coming and speaking to me yeah. quite a lot about it, is the aloe aphid. Yes. And they're all coming and saying, is there anything I should do about it? I'm like, yeah, get it off. <laughs> get a, like a nail brush or a yeah. toothbrush and some sunlight liquid in water, a little bit of garlic, and go and scrub those things off completely. Because otherwise, I mean, I've seen so many plants and aloe arborescence as well, the yeah. tree aloes, which have been absolutely destroyed by the aloe aphid. You see them on the pavements yeah. when they've been destroyed. And it actually is heartbreaking to mm. see because they're just covered in that white fluff type yeah. of thing. Um, so if you, I was going to say, you've gone the very natural route. I'm normally also very for the natural route. But that's but we also use, doing it. I was going to say, we also sometimes use something like a, an oil-based product. Like neem. To neem or, yeah, oleum, oleum. or SK Eco Oil to try and block the breathing holes of the insects mm. so that it's just a little bit easier to scrub them off and you don't damage the leaves. Um, you know, because I could be quite abrasive with, with a scrubbing brush and then I think, oh, I'm going to damage the leaves of the aloe. So um, try and kill the bugs first. But I do, yeah, any, anything to get rid of them because the pests at the moment are also just everywhere. It doesn't matter what plant you look at. Oh. The white flies are having a field day. and um, But then at the same time, I think, you know, we have the pests, but you want to try and get the natural pests in into your garden. That's where the Department of Environmental Affairs they put in a lot of money into the research for um, 
natural pest against the shot hole borer. Yeah. So that's where they've decided to put their money. There is no natural it? enemy for the shot hole borer. No, no, they're There's going to import it maybe, a wasp, <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of it. And then we're going to end up with that. Okay, but we're going to be talking a bit more about what you should be doing in your garden in the lead up to winter. So just round the corner is also Mother's Day. Oh, really? Yes, I'm sure your girls know. I'm I sure doubt it very much. You know, in these last few weeks of maybe the holidays or when we have all these public holidays going into the end of April and beginning of May, um, the kids should be looking at things to do for Mother's Day. And one of the things that Life as a Garden has got is to do the growing of strawberries and how you can grow them in all different types of containers. And then they've got a delicious strawberry cheesecake recipe. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do like cheesecake. That's that one thing I will say. Yum for breakfast. It's interesting <laughs> you say strawberries because I, I was looking this uh, this last month or so and saying, oh, strawberries are still for sale at the moment. And I thought, I always think of strawberries as being something which you go and pick in kind of December. Me too. But now you can actually still keep growing them at the moment. I think because our weather climate has been, climate weather, it's been so Vicky Verky. There's, it's been I mean, so good. <laughs> isn't that the right word? Vicky Verky? It's all upside down. Okay. Honest to boer, darse. Yeah. I think our plants aren't 100% sure. So, I, I mean, we've got strawberries in the nursery that still have fruit on them with mm. no problem. And I, I remember, like you, because I always used to think when it goes into, the winter time and how in you know the northern hemisphere that's when they're having their strawberries and pims and everything for Wimbledon. I'm thinking, well, we never have that here. But now actually maybe things are changing. I don't think they will go on as long as May, June, July. But there's definitely fruit around at the moment. Mm. And the plants are always looking good and it's a very rewarding plant to plant. Especially even, you know, if you're teaching your kids if you need something for them to do on these public holidays that are around. You know, maybe get them to go and plant a strawberry because they could learn all about mulching because you don't want the strawberries on the ground because mm. they get eaten by the little caterpillars that come up or the birds will eat them. So there's a lot that could be built around just planting a strawberry plant. As I said, you could put them in different hanging baskets. And then the fact that they actually get to use them in their cooking at home or in their smoothies or all that sort of thing. It's a, it's a really wonderful thing. And actually to give it as a Mother's Day gift is I think also beautiful because it's uh, you know the strawberry almost looks like a heart yes so it could be like I love you mum oh well I wish my children <laughs> loved me enough to actually leave me some strawberries when I buy them I buy them and I come back and they're just absolutely decimated there's not even one left for me oh no okay well, this is what happens just, with teenagers come on are they not dipping them in chocolate though are they just eating them raw <laughs> I do not let <laughs> I don't let chocolate in my house <gasps> No, <laughs> really? Absolutely not. Oh my goodness. Okay. You know how I feel about sugar. Sugar <laughs> is the devil. You don't have sugar in the house. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I would be devastated. Wouldn't be able to last there long. Okay. So that's but, a, it's a good activity for kids. I mean, I, mm. I still believe that in, in all primary schools, they should have people teaching kids how to grow things. Yes. It should be one of the actual curriculum um, subjects that they have. And you know what I think is so important is... The kids need to learn and then buy into the project. A lot of schools these days, they um, are actually you're teaching the kids how to plant, mm. but then they do it as two or three lessons and then they forget about it. And then it's somebody else's job in the school to go and pick the produce to, you know, some of the schools have beautiful veggie gardens that they make soup with to feed the kids during the day at mm. school, or they go and donate the produce to other um, areas as an income. But I think it is going back to, it should be, this is the cycle that you go. You plant the seed or the seedling, you look after it, and then you get to harvest it. 
and they need to learn that whole lesson, not just the plant the seedling and somebody else will look after it for me. Because we kind of have that in society where we have a we don't look at the long term. Mm. We go back to everything is short and once we've planted it, then it's much easier to just go to the shops and buy it instead of actually going to pick it. But it was an interesting thing that somebody pointed out to me once is that, I mean, okay, within the northern suburbs, shall we say, it's become mm. kind of a, a status symbol to have your own veggie garden, to grow your own. Yes. And we spend a lot of money making sure that we get those right. <laughs> Whereas in rural culture, it's seen as a sign of being very poor, that if you go to your goggles house and go and get some roch, to yeah. take home, they will hide it under their jerseys when they go home. Oh, no. So it's, it's changing. It's having to change the mindset, uh, I think, from, yeah. from both points of view, that it's not something that, oh, look, my vegetable garden's looking so much better than yours, and I've got this status symbol in my garden now. Mm. I think it's more a case of actually saying, right, I'm going to put a pavement garden. And there's a wonderful pavement garden or two, which um, I've seen around the parks. Mm. And there's one in Greenside as well, where... It got absolutely annihilated by the people coming and putting cables, but they've gone and planted it back up again, and they've now got mealies growing, and whoever walks past, if they want a mealie, they're more than welcome to take one. I've, I'm always tempted. I want to go and take seeds and drop them into their post box for them because they're doing such a wonderful job. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. But I also saw in Craig Hall, there's, we also have a pavement garden that has veggies on it, and it was so nice to see people actually stopping and just picking a little bit on mm. their way home from work. And I thought, oh, that's what it should be. You know, uh, we talk about food forests and you read a lot about them, whether it be on Instagram or Facebook and that sort of thing. And so it's not only just the vegetables now. You know, people should maybe be as a really nice time for planting trees. So maybe if you're having one of your trees taken out by a shot hole borer or something, maybe replace it with a fruit tree. Just not a fig? Yeah. And no, not and, fig and, and not, not, not a, or macadamia nuts. No, or pecans either. So yeah. people are coming in and saying to me, and I know that citrus are kind of one of the things that are may get hit by it. Yeah. And I'm, I keep on saying to people, just make sure you plant it well and look after it. Keep its health going. Yes. That's the most That's, important yeah. thing. Feed your tree, look after it, make sure it's a healthy tree, get rid of all the pests. Yeah. When, you, when you first plant it, make sure that you're actually giving it some um, a systemic insecticide and fungicide, which will pull up before it starts producing fruit True. as well. Excellent. But we will, I will be putting out a list of trees which would be suitable for plants, and that's the one thing I'm saying to everybody at the moment. When they say, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? I'm like, plant a tree. Whatever mm. you do, get out there, just go and plant a tree. If yeah. you know that your tree on your verge or in your garden is looking dodgy and it might have shot hole, go and plant a tree. But they're saying, what trees? Well, that I will let you know. I was going to say, and what we were listening to with that is when you plant a tree, is even if you plant in a, now I'm going to get it right, you don't, you're a non-reproductive host tree. Yeah. So citrus, it might be susceptible, but at this stage, it definitely looks Isn't like it's a non-reproductive yeah. host. So, you know, the borer will go in, think, Ugh, this is not my favorite place. Leave the fungus, which you would have to treat, as you said, with mm. a, a systemic fungicide, but then move on to a reproductive host tree. So you might have the holes, but it's not going to have that completely detrimental effect that it's having on the reproductive hosts. Which are the Asenagundas, your pin oaks, um, uh, uh, beeches, birches, um, London liquid plains, ambers. liquid amber, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them being absolutely hammered. It's horrible. Yeah. So I think that's where the distinction is going to come in. You know, in California, they actually took those lists off because people were holding the government liable mm. for saying this tree isn't a, a reproductive host or a non-reproductive host or putting it on a list. And then, unfortunately, the shuttle borer has adapted. Mm. You know, there was one variety, now there's four different species. 
and, and they keep it. changing the names. So, yeah. I mean, I still like the Euacalia <laughs> fornicatus because it is a little fornicator. Yeah. That's all I have to and say And that's about the it. most prevalent one in our country. Yeah. And, you know, we, I don't think the other three we haven't got here yet. Um, but at, so rather just, as you say, just plant trees and plant maybe fruit, edible tree. fruit trees are wonderful. And at this time of the year, you know, the fruit trees are looking great. Mm. Imagine being able to walk down your street and pick an orange, you know, on your way home from your cycle or something like that. And you're going to be increasing your vitamin C levels. So it's all about just getting out into your garden and onto your pavement and sharing. You know, like you were saying with the aloes, if we go back there, the aloes are it's a lovely plant to share. Mm. You know, obviously we would love you to all come into the garden centers and buy aloes, which you can do, but pass on the seeds or just share them with your friends because that's what I think gardening has so many lessons to teach us. And at this time of the year when you're splitting and dividing, it becomes again sharing because some of those plants you can't actually even get in garden centers anymore yeah. easily. You know, like irises, you spoke of them earlier. You d- you d- Give them to your friends. Yes. And Sharing this, is caring, people. Yeah, Get out they, there. They're going to love that. And they're just because Carrie happens to be in the same color as Barney doesn't mean that we shouldn't be. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow the, the, the words of the big purple dinosaur. Sharing yeah. is caring. Right. Well, that's it. Um, can you <gasps> believe? Yes. It Goodness, goes so, so quickly. Fast. So fast. So that, those are the things. Um, don't forget, of course, you can get along to the website, lifeisagarden.co.za, and go and check out all the hints and tips they've got for this time of the year. And I think all the back issues from previous mm. years as well. So anything that you've missed on this, you can get from there. And Carrie, we'll Absolutely. see you again next month, I hope. For sure. Thank you All very right. much. So we'll be back again next time with some more wonderful stuff from the gardening world. In the meantime, get out to your garden. But above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded. Grounded.